Hello everyone, my name is Dunya and you're watching your fifth episode of the Green New Perspectives Launchpad, a webcast series dedicated to sustainability. In the previous four episodes, we talked about wind power, solar power, sustainable fashion, and environmental communications. So if you haven't watched those episodes, please do check them out on our channel. And today we're going to talk about biophilic design and going to give you the answer to the question, is it good for our health and how to use this kind of design at home or at our workplaces? So in short, biophilic design is a human-centric approach to interior and building design that focuses on the human connections to the natural world world. So um, we're going to try to learn more about this movement and, like I said, how to incorporate biophilic design principles into our own homes or uh, our workplaces and maybe both since, since a lot of us are working from home at the moment. Uh, my guest is Dr. Jelena Brajkovic, who is an expert on this field. She's a research associate at uh, Faculty of Architecture, University of Belgrade. So stay with us um, and hear what this awesome lady has to say. Okay, hello, Yelena. Welcome to Green New Perspective Launchpad webcast. Um, so can you tell me, um, how did you get, get into this field of biophilia? Um, how did you start? Because, I mean, it's a, let's say, it's not a new, it's a not, not, not a new subject, but only recently it became popular since sustainability um, is more and more popular by the year. So um, biophilia uh, is kind of connected with that, with sustainability. So um, I guess that's why we talk about it more in architecture or in everyday life. So um, what is biophilia and how did you get into that? Uh, thank you, Dunya, for inviting me for this podcast. Um, I will be very glad to, to, to share some of, I think, interesting insights. Uh, on biophilia, as it is really also a new trend, which also is becoming more and more popular each year. Anyway, I am a research associate at the Faculty of Architecture, University of Belgrade. Uh, I have PhD in new media in architecture, uh, and part of it was actually, let's say, uh, dealt with the uh, these boundaries between artificial and natural, and how do we actually connect to natural world how do we treat nature and what are actually the opportunities of, of technologies and media uh, to actually reconnect us with nature or, or similar. I know it sounds uh, like maybe a little bit um, uh, uh, like it's the opposite, like artificial and natural, it's uh, technologies are always uh, considered uh, unnatural and artificial, but, uh, and yes, they in a way are, but uh, uh, again, when we look at some studies, they uh, can be they can be understood as part of nature, like uh, maybe maybe uh, artificial intelligence is our ancestor uh, in 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 future. Maybe it will it will uh, maybe it will all collide actually into something which we can call and uh, which Roy Ascot called neo nature or the nature the second or nature after the rise of new media. But anyway, it's just a brief uh, brief. Um, introduction i think uh, also it's an interesting topic but it is topic uh, for itself mm -hmm. not for for now uh, anyway these boundaries between artificial and natural uh, how uh, also uh, uh, this with this overall connectedness let's say we again can maybe be uh, more in a way part of nature and enjoy nature uh, as we have these opportunities of remote working and similar so there are many trends 
in different, uh, I would say, European projects and also above Europe, uh, I mean, uh, more wider than Europe, but uh, I have been involved in some of different projects and they're all dealing with different maybe aspects of sustainability. Uh, so, for example, one is treating this, uh, this uh, let's say, future of work and how actually what is the ge geography, geography of new working spaces. Mm -hmm. So it's also a topic. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, because, yeah, we work from home and so we work from everywhere. Yes. Um, it's really interesting, really, really nice project. Uh, of course, people can, uh, can uh, search for it if they are interested. Literally, just type in geography of new workspaces uh and workplaces uh and uh, but to come back to sustainability uh through my uh, through my let's say uh, research of course i encountered other people that were dealing with uh, sustainability in in let's say even more uh not sustainability on also um uh, it's a, let's say a very wide concept biophilia goes i would say even beyond uh, as uh it also focuses on uh, how we perceive and what do we need uh, from the built environment. So it focuses on, on people as well as, as nature, respecting both sides. And uh, sometimes uh, some spaces can be biophilic mm -hmm. without actually involving literal nature. But let's first explain, of course, what biophilia is. So um, there are definitely co-benefits of using biophilic design. Uh, uh, both for people and for the environment. So mm -hmm. I think um, this is a this is a very interesting topic. I would say for 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 uh, wider audience, as I am sure everybody can relate to this topic. Anyway, uh, uh, before explaining what is biophilia, I would really like to remind us all what is actually health, because biophilia and biophilic design has the aim of supporting health and well-being. Uh, and it's in a way salutogenic approach, which means um, we want to nurture our well-being before we actually lose some of our, let's say, uh, stronger points in health and similar. So how can we actually support ourselves through design of uh, the built environment? This is what biophilia mm -hmm. and biophilic design is about. But first, just to, to remind everybody that health is actually, and I'm using the WHO's definition, is not, is a not merely the absence of disease or infirmity is it actually a state of complete physical mental and social well-being so physical mental and social well-being uh, and what is well-being at all and wellness um, we all know that uh, we have this wellness and spas everywhere and similar but what actually wellness is well it is actually practicing healthy habits on a daily basis uh, that help us not to only survive but to thrive so if we thrive thrive on a daily basis then we are definitely uh, good we are definitely uh, let's say in the state of well-being so how do we uh, thrive what are these main dim dimensions of of uh, our everyday life uh, that are very important that are let's say key dimensions so it's social connectedness exercise nutrition sleep and mindfulness so do you have uh, any yeah any... I, I just wanted to ask like uh, what about uh, the biophilic design and how it taps into a connection to nature um not just our health i mean it's interesting yeah uh, i i don't think that people are actually uh, thinking that much about the connection between let's say design and architecture and our health like you said uh, 
But I would like to know uh, also about our connection to nature. I guess biophilia connects all those dots. Yes, yes, of course. So uh, as I said, all these uh, uh, dimensions of, of, of health and mental well-being, uh, 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 we need to support it through the design of the built environment. So uh, when we talk about the built environment, uh, we definitely need this connection uh, uh, with nature in many levels. So mm -hmm. Eric Fromm was actually the first one who coined the term of, of biophilia. And uh, he was a psychologist, of course, and he, uh, he defined it as ecological orientation of being attracted to all that is alive and vital. Uh, later, uh, Edward Osborne Wilson, uh, 1984, was it, uh, coined uh, biophilic, uh, uh, biophilia hypothesis, which says that we have this uh, innate affiliation um, to other living organisms and nature. That means that we need to connect to nature and natural processes on a daily basis. And um, later then, uh, Kellert, Stephen R. Kellert, together with uh, Wilson, actually operational, operationalized uh, this concept of biophilia into biophilic design. Uh -huh, and, okay. Okay, so I, I would say that part of our mental health, part of our well-being is to be connected to nature. So we definitely have this, um, this need of being connected to nature on a daily basis. And how can we do it? Uh, how can we, of course, uh, also need a built environment? So how can we uh, design this built environment in a meaningful way? So biophilic design goes, let's say, beyond sustainable or green. It respects nature, uh, nurture human also beneficial connections uh, with it. So if you ask uh, if anybody is interested in how to practice and how to use biophilic design, uh, there are, of course, uh, uh, elements and attributes of biophilic design. And uh, uh, I would just uh, point out a few of them. So... One of them is the uh, environmental features. So we need both in uh, indoor or outdoor design, urban design or interior design. We need definitely, uh, let's say, presence of some environmental feature. This is, of course, dealing with color, with air, with water, with greenery. This is something very down to earth that anybody can understand, of course. Uh, natural materials, of course, colors, um, views and vistas. Everybody likes to have nice view, right? Uh, but also we can, uh, let's say, design this view, its depth, uh, its, its, let's say, colors. So when we deal with the location, this is something really, really important. Then we have uh, natural shape and forms. So um, this can be also uh, analogs. We can also simulate nature. So for example, and also there is a bit biomimicry. So for example, even in, let's imagine interior space, a conference room, maybe we don't have enough natural light, but maybe we can do a ceiling uh, that imitates some, let's say natural motives and it's already, uh, it already feels better. So some space uh, doesn't really have to be, uh, let's say, um, in touch even with real nature, it has to mimic it at least uh, so uh, that we can achieve something which is beneficial for human perception of space. Then we have natural patterns and processes. This is, of course, something that changes in time. That's why it is process, not a form or a material. So, for example, information richness. Uh, uh, for example, if we talk about landscapes, uh, we don't want flat right? Two monotonous landscapes. We need a focal point. We need some kind of, let's say, change. 
in a, in a landscape, for example, or sensory variability. I am sure you will show pictures to, to, to the audience uh, what sensory variability is and why do we enjoy it. Then we have, of course, light and space. Light is, of course, very important in so many ways. Uh, it can shape our perception uh, of space uh, very, very heavily. So this is something that uh, always has to be done uh, carefully. So is it uh, the, the color of light? The, you know, many different parameters. Then we have two many, very interesting dimensions, uh, place-based relationships and evolved human nature relationships. Uh, I hope this is not too abstract for, for the general audience, and I think it isn't. So place-based relationships, we have this, uh, let's say, when we design something, uh, we need to, let's say, connect to the place historically or geographically. Uh, we need to have this cultural connection to place. We should, uh, let's say, definitely achieve a spirit of place and avoid placelessness. So this is very mm. abstract. Yeah, but what do you think? Uh, is that actually happening? Because the world is getting more and more globalized. So, um, how are how are we actually tapping into um, our historic knowledge, our historic places? Well, I still uh, think it's there. I think that's why mm -hmm. people like to travel because they definitely experience uh, different culture. They 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 meet this uh, sense of place. In different locations, I, I think for sure. Uh, of course, there are there are some, let's say, generic architectures that can be found in any city, uh, and they actually don't give us much perception. That's why also everybody likes to visit uh, uh, the, let's say, uh, old town in in cities that have have this kind of of, of let's say historic um, historic um, uh, districts. And similar. So this is something that uh, we should always nurture if we, of course, have it. Uh, and this is this place-based, let's say, literacy for mm -hmm. designers. Um, for the last one, evolved human uh, nature relationships. This is something that is stepping also a little bit in psychology and mental, mental dimensions of space, where uh, we need to create some kind of, let's say, um, environment. It can be if it, if we are in a hospital, we want a calm environment. If we are maybe uh, at a public space, we want to uh, arouse this social uh, interaction, and we can do it, of course, through through let's say uh, transitional spaces, through spaces that actually change, allow you to 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 be playful and similar. So just to say a few: curiosity and excitement, exploration and discovery. We definitely need discovery in space. Um, uh, th then we have uh, this part that needs uh, information and cognition, uh, but also another part that needs that needs just uh, to feel safe and to see to feel maybe playful. Uh, depending on on how we shape, let's say, the environment, we can actually um, achieve this. Okay, um, can you give us some of the examples of biophilia in architecture that are existing um, in the world? <laughs> Yes, well, there are many, many different, let's say, um, uh, many different examples that we can show. It really applies to any scale uh, and any task. I would, for example, point out if somebody is really interested in this topic, uh, then uh, the one can uh, explore uh, further, of course, on the internet. I would, uh, for example, um, 
um, point out maybe the Terrapin Bright Green is a, it's a consultancy firm. It's based in New York, for example. And um, I think they are a good, uh, good example of, of, for example, an office which gives a lot of different uh, actually services. Uh, of which of which one is really literal studies of biophilic design. So uh, inside you can meet architects, environmentalists, it's really different, uh, it's really a little bit different professions, of course. And their main goal is actually to reach this, this sustainability, uh, to see different sustainability, let's say, um, goals. Mm -hmm. uh, so they're dealing with biodiversity, health and well-being, uh, profitability, why not? Biophilic design is known for economic benefits also, as well as, as, as let's say, human um, uh human benefits uh, of users of the, these spaces. Then system integration, of course, climate resiliency, energy utilization, uh, water management. Of course, it's all, let's say, interconnected. And um, they did something which is called also 14 patterns of biophilic design. I'm not going to uh, talk much about them. I already mentioned some of the parameters, but let's say three main, uh, three main uh, division, let's say, inside of these patterns is nature in the space, nature of the space. So nature in the space is literally uh, natural analogs or natural processes or literal nature in the space. Uh, nature of the space is that what we already mentioned. Uh, what is the sense of the place? Do you feel uh, good? Do you feel, again, these other, other let's say, dimensions of, of space that should speak to us if we created a proper place? Uh, and of course, there is this natural analogs. Uh, being said that, I would say that they also did a very good um, uh, recent uh, publication, actually, of different case studies that people, again, can search for in the, um, on the internet. I will just say it applies to different scales. And, for example, we can have a pocket, little, small urban parks, and not only parks, but also, let's say, urban hacks, in a way, it can be in a yard, it can be even uh, intersection of the streets, where you can apply some of the, let's say, biophilic principles. Then you can use it, of course, in commercial offices, uh, as there are many beneficial things that were uh, already measured, I mean, in a in scientific way as well. So, uh, uh, then we can use it in hospitals, in, in health institutions, in schools, of course, educational institutions. Uh, we can use it, of course, in interior design uh, living space. So what actually people can uh, expect uh, if, they, uh, if they use properly biophilic, let's say, guidelines, building managers can retain higher rents, companies uh, should improve productivity, absenteeism should be really, really reduced because mm -hmm. there is actually frightening uh, numbers that we heard in London in uh, uh, 2019 about uh, burnouts, about people uh, really having to be absent and we're actually quickly giving, um, uh, let's say, um, resign. So there is actually a lot of uh, resources that um, employer has to put in to actually put someone new. So, um, mm -hmm. yeah, so uh, biophilic design is actually good for workplaces, like you said, it's good for, yes. for a worker mentality, which mm -hmm. is also beneficial for companies, of course. Um, Definitely. Uh, yeah, that's, that's really, really cool. Yeah. It can, it can provide something which is called restorative environments and restorative environments are, are, are those who actually give us, give us good mood endorsement. Uh, they, uh, let's say, lift up a little bit our physical or even social interaction. 
activities and they induce uh, let's say this feeling of pleasantness and safety so people are literally willing to come to work they feel more motivated they feel productive uh, they feel respected and that is really something that that i guess all of us need so what do you think about this i'm 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 interested to know well, I'm thinking at the moment that I have never worked in that kind of um, environment, and I would be really like to to see how it's you know how it affects um, how it affects my mind. Um, and I wanted to ask you: Do you know about some of those workplaces? Like, have you been in one? Um, yeah, I haven't read the research about that. I, I think that I'm going to find it. Maybe uh, I'm going to leave if I if I find them or if you send them to me, we can leave the the links in the description of the video so the the viewers can can also read them. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, uh, yeah, I wanted to ask like what are the advantages are like uh, what the, the research has has shown um, the the percentage of productivity that is increased maybe or let's say like you said in the beginning like overall well-being of a single person or a team or you know everyone who works there yeah well i see uh, there are different uh, i must say uh, for example i think you will show show the pictures also that i that i will send you uh, in 2019, we really were at this symposium in, in London. It was only about uh, wellness and biophilia at workplaces. So mm-hmm. we definitely visited offices in London that uh, applied this in a different way. Some of them actually dealt with uh, with more uh, with lightning issues. Some of them br- br- brought uh, literally nature into the, the offices. We also discussed views and vistas. And for, I would say, um, in different regions of the world, there were people from everywhere around the world. Uh, the workforce is facing different challenges. So somewhere it's literally about the quality of air, but somewhere it's, uh, it's, about, it's about this uh, motivation because it's really, I think the new uh, generations also are more and more demanding considering the, let's say, the work conditions. And this is actually good. Uh, but uh, besides, besides the, the, the design of, of workplace, uh, of course, I mean, uh, if you work for 12 hours a day or 10 hours a day, uh, never mind, the restorative environment, of course, is too much. So it's not to go back to health and healthy habits and wellness and well-being. Um, I think uh, each of us should definitely think about the, the time uh, uh, we are able to dedicate to work, to personal life, to, to, to the social connectedness that we need. Uh, so uh, definitely everything has to be in balance. But Yeah, uh, yeah. It, it kind of makes sense. The biophilic design goes in hand, hand in hand with ethical practices, practices, ethical working practices. That's kind of, exactly. well, yeah, we're talking about sustainability. So um, exactly. But maybe also, I think it would be interesting to mention uh, first thing, uh, people, uh, uh, what was interesting in, in, in uh, and I was surprised, people actually don't, uh, the, some um, surveys show that people actually are not that crazy about open spaces because then they feel... I'm one of them as well. <laughs> <laughs> really? Why? Why? Explain us why. Oh, because uh, I worked uh, at an open space uh, at a um, multinational company and... Um, uh, like you don't have any privacy so everyone is staying quiet during the day and um, for me it was super boring because you know I didn't get the sense of productivity I didn't get the sense of teamwork and mm-hmm. uh, I think that teams are formed in smaller sm- spaces rather than bigger ones that's just my mm-hmm. impression I haven't read any any uh, um, research on that <laughs> uh-huh 
yeah, but it kind of looks like everyone is holding to themselves, you know. So yeah, I like smaller spaces uh, because I had I have the feeling that I'm uh, like building stronger con co uh, connections with my teammate with my teammates if, if I work in a smaller space. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, you see how the the space does influence your both productivity and satisfaction uh, at work. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, but if someone wa wants to work alone, I guess for them maybe that isn't the problem. You know, I'm a, I'm a person who li likes teamwork. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure, sure. Well, recent trends uh, uh, are combining these, let's say, spaces and offices, let's say, of privacy and open spaces, let's say, co-working spaces. But now these co-working, let's say, uh, spaces, dedicated okay. space is uh, emulating, let's say, some living uh, people usually like, uh, like kitchen, joint kitchen, then they... Um, then they network. Uh, it's a good thing, of course, but uh, definitely uh, to to respect the, this this let's say private momentum. Uh, and I think this is this is uh, now becoming better. At one point, uh, the open spaces were such a hit. I'm not sure this was supported by by actually uh, actual needs of of the workforce. But it does look better when somebody, of course, comes to your I mean offices to have this kind of of space. It does look like. Uh, like you're not working, but you are. So um, I should be very, <laughs> be very careful with it. Well, you can do that in an open space as well, to be mm. honest. <laughs> I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's not a matter of productivity. Um, I yes. guess it's a ma more matter of a personal connection with other people. Mm. Because when you're surrounded but but by so many others, there's no privacy. There's no, you know, the yeah. connection is missing. Yeah, it's actually, yeah. it goes in a right, uh, reverse way, you know, it actually yeah. should uh, endorse like communication, but actually it goes the other way around. You actually yeah, feel yeah, more like... Because, you know, you're staying silent because you think you're interrupting someone else. Yes. So, yeah. I know, I know, I know. And I personally, uh, I I know when I find these boots, you know, these like super small boots where like you can uh, have a hole, but it's really claustrophobic and I'm really not sure it's, it's doing its, its purpose. But uh, uh, that doesn't matter this. I mean, it's only one aspect. This, let's say, spatial arrangement and the number of people sharing uh, a same office or a space. Nobody wants, right? Nobody wants to feel like a part of the system in a way that there are just, let's say, long rows of tables and chairs and these cubicons. Uh, of course, it's, it's, it's not uh, supporting uh, health and well-being. I mean, of course. So... Um, um, so this is one thing, spatial arrangements. Then, of course, the lightning can influence severely, you know, the, the spaces that don't have natural light. It's also, it kills you slowly. Uh, then, of course, uh, the materials, the colors, actually everything is... Uh, Everything is important. And also, uh, it was interesting, uh, this microclimate, there was discussion, as I think it's always popular. When you have people sharing the office, everybody likes different temperatures. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was exactly the case. Someone wanted to open the window. Someone wanted air condition. So, yeah. It was no, were, like fighting every day. <laughs> there were some, uh, there were some efforts made. I don't know what what actually went with that. By the end, um, to have this local climate as your desk. So actually, the desk provides uh, you like extra heating. Uh, so if the if the heating is lower, uh, you can actually create your microclimate at your desk. As desk have a feature, and of course the whole system uh, that supports your actually microclimate, which is a. Uh, Again, one of the interesting ideas, and you asked me uh, the, the applications, and this is it. Yeah, uh, also, I yeah. would say, 
Uh, also, for uh, for example, I mean, uh, I, I talked about this. That's why I'm pointing out in any area. Also, for the hospitals in any area, we can talk about this. Uh, also, for uh, gyms and spas, for example, and wellness centers, uh, this is, uh, I think, uh, more than important as it, they are dealing with with health again, uh, physical activity and and wellness. Uh, and here there are different publications that we've done. There are people are now, let's say, arranging. I think you will show images. Uh, arranging their their dreams and their spas uh, again according to the uh, some guidelines for colors for scents for for uh, again the arrangement the the percentage of people in the uh, in the room and the old things like like this it's very down to earth uh, uh, of course if you're not a designer that is designing a whole uh, let's say maybe a whole district or something you can uh, be very simple and of course use these natural elements natural analogs so even a print yeah i wanted to ask you like uh, uh, my last question for this con conversation would be like how can we all not just designers but we all as human beings living in spaces uh, incorporate biophilic design in our everyday lives because I'm sure we can. We're just probably not thinking about it. Some of us, not, not all of us. Someone, so yeah, like some people are really thinking about it, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Uh, well, of course, um, uh, biophilic design is a part, of course, of the living, uh, I mean, interior uh, design and uh, arranging of your uh, space, uh, living space. So this is something that you can do. You're a designer of your own living space, uh, at least. If you cannot design your workspace, at least living space, you can. Uh, and your habits, uh, you can have this biophilic, uh, let's say, lifestyle, or let's say, uh, as I said, from was talking about about biophilic personality, you can maybe also think about this a little bit. It's also definitely habits. It's, you can, of course, spend some time in nature. I mean, uh, all the normal things, I guess, uh, that are very trendy today. So, um, And uh, talking about biophilic design for interior spaces, don't forget, uh, I think when people also are buying flats or renting, sometimes mm -hmm. they forget to pay attention to uh, the views and vistas uh, uh, or, for example, orientation. So you should think, do you want sun in the morning? Do you want sun in the evening? Do you like a sunset? Then you want a west. Uh, or you want east orientation or south, or you're an artist and want uh, this, uh, let's say, um, solid lighting, then, then you should head to north. So uh, anyway, uh, of course, using natural materials is always better. Um, pastel colors are calming. You know, you can also Google about which color actually uh, supports which kind of activity uh, don't overdo it with with of course um, you know, don't overdo it with colors it's, it's something that would I guess architect would always say uh, so it's really uh, it's really as simple as this for example for 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 common people to to apply it so through materials I guess through through this uh, uh, connection outside inside spaces the 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 the, the, the amount of uh, let's say um, let's say glass views that you have mm -hmm. i mean the, the windows and similar so it goes to this but uh, all together i would say again coming back at the end of this uh, conversation um i would uh, also point out that uh, but this is more for designers of course than um than for 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 a common audience but you can also practice it at a daily basis this salutogenic approach um which means um uh 
protecting ourselves, uh, we focus on factors that support health and uh, well-being. Uh, beyond more traditional, let's say, pathogenic focus on risk and problems. So we should definitely live like that, that we don't get sick. If we get sick mm-hmm. by any kind of, 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 of our activities that we eat, uh, we don't eat well, we, we overwork maybe or something like that, then we have to mend everything that, um, that we've done. I think there is an interesting saying, um, um, was the Dalai Lama, I think that uh, uh, said... Uh, uh, how it is interesting first we we sacrifice our health to earn money to earn a lot of money and then we lose our health and then we have to spend this money to, to restore our health back so it's really um like it's really ironic so um i think yeah so, so but i feel like design is actually about thinking in advance like thinking about the future in every way um yes about our health, about our, let's say, environments, about about, about the way we, we build our cities, because yes, yes. I'm not sure how biophilic they are today, but maybe that's going to change. I'm hoping that's going to change. I think it's very diverse. It's very diverse, uh, depending really uh, from a city to a city. New developments tend to lose this, let's say, sense of place. Maybe uh, we need this, uh, let's say, human scale. It's very important. Uh, I understand that, of course, demands uh, for for a lot of uh, flats, uh, for a lot of people being at the same place, it's always growing. And it's really a challenge, but it's really complex issue. It's, uh, uh, I mean, something called holistic approach uh, is is very uh, important, but it's very, very hard to intersect all the systems. I mean, maybe you, uh, in with urban planning, it's really complex. You, You do well on one parameter, but you sacrifice another. So... You know, it's really, 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 really complex. That's why it's very important that, uh, of course, different uh, different um, experts from coming from different uh, areas of expertise uh, join together and don't forget actually to talk about all the parameters that are that are important. It's easy just to talk about one, but if it influences another, then again, we didn't do anything. You know, it has to well, be holistic. Yeah, that makes sense. And then again, goes uh, goes well with the sustainability idea that sustainability is about community, is about teamwork, is about working together, and not by but the uh, about the individuals and heroes. Exactly. So, yeah. So um, it all exactly. makes sense. Yeah. Thank you, Yelena. This was a really awesome conversation. Uh, thank you for yeah for giving us your knowledge to all of you who are watching this podcast. Please leave us your feedback. We would really ap- appreciate that. I will uh, ask Yelena some questions. Uh, I will let her know about them. Um, yes, of course. And uh, tell us if you if you knew about biophilic design before or you just heard about it and what do you think about it. So thank you all. Thank you, Yelena. And thank you for watching. See you in two weeks. Bye. Ciao.